WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. With severe winter weather possibly coming to southwest Michigan this week, Indiana-Michigan Power is preparing. Spokesperson Kara Stevenson tells us INM keeps an eye on the weather at all times to ensure it's prepared to deal with outages. We work with our meteorology team, which is stationed in Ohio, where AEP is, and they help us to determine kind of what the threat looks like in our area and what crews we would need if weather were to come in. Stevenson notes INM works with other utilities to respond to severe emergencies, whether it's INM crews heading to areas hit by hurricanes or INM having to request crews to deal with an event. She says they did that back in June of 22 when a severe storm hit Fort Wayne. Wind gusts reached up to about 98 miles an hour, which took out, obviously, trees and limbs and, and poles and lines. And it left a lot of the southwest side of Fort Wayne without power. So in that instant, it was obviously a very expansive restoration. So the call for mutual aid was put out. INM has answered multiple mutual assistance calls in dozens of states after ice storms, tornadoes, and hurricanes. Stevenson says the team is consulting with its meteorologists this week to be ready for whatever's coming to southwest Michigan. She adds it'll also reach out to customers to warn them. Stevenson tells us it's better to be over-prepared than under-prepared. Therefore, everyone's advised to take extra steps now to be ready for severe weather. The Harbor Country Chamber of Commerce has announced it's moving into Bridgman, although that's not really official. The Harbor Country Chamber, in a release this week, said Bridgman is now being covered by its Harbor Country brand, Harbor Country Director Kimberly Wendt says a group of Bridgman business owners were recently presented with a special declaration officially designating Bridgman as part of Harbor Country, adding that Harbor Country is excited to promote Bridgman. However, this news does not mean the city of Bridgman has changed its relationship with the Bridgman Chamber and Growth Alliance or the Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber. We've learned the news out of Harbor Country came as a bit of a surprise to some businesses and officials in Bridgman. And Mayor Jan Trapani tells us the city just this month reaffirmed its partnership with the CGA and Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber. She says that she supports all efforts to strengthen local businesses, but nothing has changed. Likewise, the Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber tells us there's been a lot of momentum in Bridgman the last several years, and it can't fault another group for wanting to be a part of it. However, nothing has changed. The Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber and the Bridgman CGA continue to develop new programs in the community and attract new businesses. The two have had an affiliation agreement for about five years, while the CGA has had an official partnership with the city for 18 years. The Unified Civic Monument Project has been given a green light by the Benton Harbor Planning Commission for its monument to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Dwight P. Mitchell City Center Park. At a meeting this week, the Benton Harbor Planning Commission signed off on the landmark's design. That's after the full city commission tabled it due to a lack of specifics. Speaking on Tuesday, monument designer Garth Woodruff said the uh, monument will take the place of an arch already at the park, reusing some of the brick. He talked about the monument's footprint. The significant pieces, I would say, are probably the granite wall, the granite table and stools, and then, of course, the statues that are being built by the artists from the West Coast. Woodruff says there will be two bronze statues. Dr. King is the primary statue, and then there's a young child pushing a bench to have a seat at the table. So there's two statues on this property. The granite wall will be nine feet tall with a window in it, and there will be lighting embedded in the ground. The structure will sit on a six-inch concrete slab designed to withstand the weight of a semi, and Woodruff said the whole thing is designed to last 100 years. The Planning Commission approved of what's planned and sent the matter back to the City Commission. The plan is for monuments to King to be located in both Benton Harbor and St. Joseph. 
The Unified Civics Monument project hopes they'll be complete this year. The new website for Lincoln Township will launch tomorrow. Lincoln Township clerk Stacy Lore Porter tells us it's supposed to go live in the afternoon. Township trustees back in August approved hiring Civic Engage to create a new website and a new text alert system for residents. Laura Porter says this new site goes hand-in-hand with the alerts and offers much more for residents. They'll see new pictures. They'll see easier navigation bars at the top and at the bottom. They'll be able to access agendas, minutes. Uh, They'll be able to sign up for reminders of meetings, calendar events, reminders for taxes and elections, and any kind of reminder they can think of. People had started pre-signing up, so they'll start getting information. Um, Once it goes live, they'll get an alert that they've been added and they can go on. You can really customize what you want to receive notification on. Laura Porter says it took a lot of work to get the site put together with her staff taking special days just to train for its use. She says the goal is to make it easier for residents to find what they need and to be engaged. Lincoln Township officials are working with the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy to make improvements happen at Lincoln Township Park. The beach off of Notre Dame Road saw a great deal of erosion back in 2020 when Lake Michigan water levels reached near record highs. In the past year or so, plans have been developed to add a new parking closer to the water. At a meeting of the Township Board of Trustees this week, Brandon Mires with Williams & Works, an engineering firm, said the first meetings with Eagle regarding the plans led to some pushback. Eagle is attempting to get to push us more towards Notre Dame, and that's uh, you know half a mile away. So we're trying to make the case for more parking closer to the beach. Eagle's concern is the construction could damage the nearby dunes, especially on the north of the access road. They seem to have less of an objection to the, the area to the south, closer to the existing restroom facility, and they encouraged us to find more, a little bit more room for spaces. Right now, the parking of the beach is near Notre Dame Road, meaning anyone who wants to see the lake has to walk about a mile, half a mile down the access road. The township's been working on a plan for new parking and better access for all. Trustee Mark Florian said uh, Tuesday the talks will continue until something's worked out. Trustee Deb Peterson suggested that Eagle officials try to take their grandmothers to the beach with its current parking arrangement. Then maybe they'd see the problem. The Lake Michigan College Foundation is preparing to host its next student benefit auction in March. Foundation President Doug Schaefer tells us this will be the 32nd auction, raising money for the Scholarship Endowment Fund. The event was previously known as a Winner's Circle Auction. The majority of funds go directly to support our students, either through scholarship money to cover tuition and fees, or for programs to provide wraparound services to support their success while they're students at Lake Michigan College. The auction usually raises about $100,000, growing the endowment fund, which means it'll help even more students the following year. So what's up for auction? We have a variety of experiences from sporting events to concerts to restaurant or meal packages. And then in the silent auction, we have everything under the sun from toys to gift certificates to lawn and garden equipment, interior and exterior furnishings. Shaver says the items are mostly donated by local businesses. The biggest ticket items will be up for grabs at the in-person auction, while the silent auction items will be available online starting a few days before the in-person event. Shaver says the in-person event is not only an auction, but also a celebration with live music, a raffle, and food. Tickets are available now, and we have a link to them at our website. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. It's a familiar position for Congress as another major deadline is looming for lawmakers to pass government funding to avert 
a government shutdown. ABC's Karen Travers asked the White House about that today. The White House is expressing frustration about the possibility of Congress passing another short-term government funding bill, a continuing resolution, or shorthand, a CR, to avoid a partial shutdown next week. Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre telling me Wednesday, Kicking the can down the road is not the way that Congress should be operating. We've been very clear about that. They have a job to do. Keeping the government open is one of the basic things that they can do. Jean-Pierre said a partial shutdown next week is not what Washington should be doing for the American people. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Meanwhile, new House Speaker Mike Johnson has run into some trouble with his GOP colleagues. Thirteen members of his conference blocked action on the House floor today in protest of an agreement he reached with Democrats aimed at avoiding a partial government shutdown at the end of next week. Here's ABC's Stephen Portnoy. The House operates day-to-day on the party-line passage of resolutions that govern debate. If the rules don't pass, the House can't function as the Speaker intends. And that's what's happened here, with a baker's dozen conservatives siding with Democrats to effectively scrap the day's legislative agenda. Those conservatives are angry that Speaker Mike Johnson has struck a handshake deal with Democrats on spending levels. It's the first big Republican revolt of Johnson's speakership. Donald Trump will not make his own closing arguments in his New York civil business fraud trial. Judge Arthur N. Gorin rescinded permission for it today after Trump's lawyers objected to the judge's insistence the former president would stick to relevant matters. Closing arguments are set for tomorrow in the trial, which could cost Trump hundreds of millions of dollars in penalties and strip him of his ability to do business in New York. His lawyers had signaled uh, Thursday that he planned to take the extraordinary step of delivering a summation personally, in addition to arguments from his legal team. Hunter Biden popped into a meeting of the House Oversight Committee today where members were marking up a resolution that may eventually hold him in contempt of Congress. ABC's Jay O'Brien says it's quite early in the Republican-led effort to hit Hunter Biden with a contempt charge. The House Judiciary Committee was also marking up, as they say, this resolution in tandem with the House Oversight Committee. That would then get transmitted to the House for a full vote. If every single Republican gets behind this, the expectation is that it would pass and Hunter Biden would then be held in contempt of Congress. And only then does that trigger the legal and court proceedings of all of this, where a U.S. attorney would have to uh, impanel a grand jury and have to ask that grand jury whether or not charges should be brought. So an ultimate court case over this is a long ways out. There was a hearing today in the case of the parents of the Michigan high school shooter charged over their son's deadly actions. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. The hearing saw attorneys for James and Jennifer Crumbly asking a suburban Detroit judge to dismiss some witnesses, claiming their stories could inflame the passions of the jury. The Crumblies are charged with involuntary manslaughter for the 2021 Oxford High School shooting that killed four students and was carried out by their 15-year-old son, Ethan. He's already been convicted and sentenced to life without parole. The Crumblies are accused of buying Ethan the gun that was used and failing to secure it. They're the first parents in the nation to stand trial in connection to a school shooting. Derek Dennis, ABC News. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis will be alone on the debate stage for the first time. Haley and DeSantis have spent much of the Republican presidential primary flanked by lower polling rivals. The stakes are high for the former U.N. ambassador and the Florida governor today. The moment's especially important for Haley, a politician long known for her disciplined approach to messaging. Haley's reputation's been tested recently after a series of gaffes. Haley failed to mention slavery as the root cause of the Civil War and quipped that New Hampshire voters will have a chance to correct the results that emerged from Iowa. And just as a proposal to ban menthol cigarettes neared the finish line this week, the measure stalled. More from ABC's Ann Flaherty. Sources tell ABC News that the Biden administration is torn over whether to move ahead with a proposal to ban the production and sale of menthol cigarettes. 
Health advocates have been pushing for tough regulation for years, and a proposal by the Food and Drug Administration is almost through the rulemaking process. But officials say some White House aides are worried about voter backlash in an election year, particularly in black communities. According to the FDA, 85 percent of black smokers use menthol cigarettes. Ann Flaherty, ABC News, Washington.